Previously on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Bro, these are student athletes. These are kids. No, Ben Simmons is like, hey, hi, whoa, whoa, whoa. How did my name get involved in the mix? I have a Howard Hewitt story. I'm not going to share this episode, but I definitely have a Howard Hewitt story. Because you put out there about Dion and going to Colorado. I don't begrudge the man for doing it. We're two consenting adults. It is what it is. So in this case, you're probably getting a lot of credit to Dion. The question becomes is actually how how much credit should go to what? I think the, the biggest thing you can give him credit for is the direct economic impact that he had on the city of Jackson. Coach Prime has a great appreciation for Jackson. What has made Coach Prime so successful is he is manic about the little things. We believe in change and we're prepared for it with new techniques and new approaches. And as for our part, we feel that you're the best pieces of manpower available in this whole region. Let it go out there today, baby. Three, two, one. And once again, our mighty ship is back on course. Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Mama, there goes that man. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. So glad that you are joining us for this, the first full episode of 2023, as opposed to the briefcast that have come your way the last couple of times out. Welcome aboard. If this is your first time, we hope to become a part of your podcast menu, and we hope that you become interactive. I'll tell you how to do that. So shout out to all of the folks who are listening for the very first time. In addition to that, shout out to the people who listen to every episode, who call the sports line, who are part of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group on Facebook, and those of you who tweet me at Wade's Word on Twitter. And finally, shouts out to all the people who think Prince Harry should stop putting his people's business out in the street. What happens in the house stays in the house. I guess uh, Lady Di didn't teach him that lesson. Princess Di didn't, didn't teach him how to keep family business in-house. But stop writing books about your folks. It's not going to make it better. No one outside the house is going to make things in the house better. But that's an aside. Nonetheless, welcome aboard and shout out to all of you. We have a great show coming up for you. And before I tell you all about that, I do want to tell you ways that you can be interactive. We talk about the sports line, set it up for you guys. You can leave a message 24 hours a day, 832-941-6614. That's 832-941-6614. It could be a question, a comment, a suggestion, a request, any of those things, and you might just be heard on the very next podcast in a segment that we call We the People. So you can call us 24 hours a day. I won't answer, but you can leave a message, and it might end up on the podcast. In addition to that, on Facebook, we talked about it, the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group. We post poll questions from time to time. In addition to that, people post every day. You can talk noise about your favorite team, ask questions, post interesting articles, whatever you want to do. Sports Talk with Devin Wade group page on Facebook. And finally, you can tweet me at Wade's Word, W-A-D-E-S-W-O-R-D. Is that it? Instagram, dwade909. Although I don't post a lot, I need to start posting more. Um, Yeah, so this time out, from the special teams unit, our guy Reggie Brown, former NFL wide receiver, former all-swag everything. He is an Alabama State Hall of Famer, friend of mine, great friend of the show. He'll be uh, coming up a little bit later on. We have on the Mono 
award for the big dummy of the episode. In addition to that, we have our DJ, our resident DJ, DJ Anarchy on the mix. And a word from a couple of our sponsors. In addition to that, we have some headlines and who knows what. All that and a whole lot more. So usually we get started with headlines. But instead of getting started with headlines, let's get into what's brand new. Brand new, brand new, brand new. In the brand new segment, I like to give you guys a little bit of insight on your boy, a little peer behind the curtain. I feel like I need to be more forthcoming about things in my personal surroundings. Nothing too personal. I mean, I'm not the kind of guy that'll go on Facebook and, and eat breakfast or slurp coffee so you guys can watch me eat or do mukbang or anything like that. <laughs> I'm not, I don't know why that's a thing, but apparently that is a thing. And there's some people on YouTube getting rich by eating on camera. So I won't share intimate details, but I will tell you this. Obviously, you guys know, especially over the last couple of years, we have been really, really intense and really concentrating a lot on HBCU sports, HBCU football, in no small part because of Deion Sanders' arrival. Not just that, because, of course, I'm tied to Texas Southern doing play-by-play -play and being a part of the broadcast team for 30 years. <laughs> so I don't know what the number is. Now, I quit counting some time ago. But you know. I'm tied to the swag and I'm tied to HBCU sports. So because I have a lot of insight or I have a lot more experience and, and really knowledge about it because I'm immersed in it a lot, people ask me my opinion. And you know that we had Dr. Kenyatta Cavill on to talk about Deion Sanders' lasting impact on Jackson State and the swag, what was real, what is sort of mythology and all of those things. We got into that. And of course, I've not been shy about saying, oh, Dion wasn't swag and all of that. So you know my personal opinion however i was asked by a reporter to do an interview on fox 26 to talk a little bit about why Deion sanders departure was such a hot topic and many of you out here have already seen the clip you saw it either on youtube or you saw it live on fox 26 here in houston and because it's online i got to experience something that i haven't quite experienced to this degree yet it was trolled online so I get a text message from the Silver Fox, Kevin Allen, of course, the co-host on KTSU Sports Talk. And he sends to me a clip. He says, have you seen this? And in big red letters, it says, Devin Wade hates Deion Sanders with my first name misspelled. But if you look at the smaller print, it was, it was, my name was spelled correctly. Devin Wade hates Deion Sanders. So what he did was he took the clip that was done on Fox 26 and he did a seven and a half minute, eight minute diatribe on why I'm an idiot for hating on Deion Sanders and I'm in my feelings about Deion Sanders. Keep in mind, in the interview, I said none of that. And actually, I did not give my opinion at all. I, didn't, I really didn't. I gave my insight into why I thought people were really, really moved one way or the other about his departure. Did he sell out the HBCUs? Did he run for green, you know, greener pastures and neglected the, the African-American schools? Or was he doing the right thing by advancing his career? He did what he could for Jackson State. So people have taken sides on this thing, and fairly or not, I've been sort of mischaracterized. My statements have been mischaracterized, but this dude, took it to a whole nother level. I don't know who he is. I don't know where he came from. I don't know how he saw the clip, but he came across the clip and he repurposed that. Just went on this whole thing about Devin Wade hates Deion Sanders. And it was really 
kind of stupid. I mean, what he was saying, because none of it was true. But that did not stop 30,000 people from viewing the clip and a lot of really crazy comments. I mean, a lot of people are like, who in the hell is Devin Wade in? He got more props. He needs to stop eating hamburgers. I mean, I got fully immersed in what it's like to sort of have to deal with online stuff. And I didn't know quite how to respond. I didn't really want to respond. I found it funny, actually. I wasn't offended. I mean, I grew up in South Park. It's going to take a lot more than some people on YouTube <laughs> comments to, to get to me or bother me. But I, I mean, I thought generally it was funny, but it just goes to show how these things just run rampant and they have a life of their own. So out in the YouTube world, I'm labeled as the guy that hates Deion Sanders, which uh, nothing could be further from the truth. I really have grown to appreciate Deion Sanders in a lot of ways, but that's even beside the point. How I personally feel really is beside the point because in the clip, I said nothing about my personal feelings, nothing about, oh, how I felt about his departure. Because that was he never asked me, what do you think? He asked me, why is this such a hot topic? And so I gave him what I thought is the appropriate answer and why people were so moved one way or the other about the, the Deion Sanders situation. And so I just thought it was funny that I think the original clip has like close to 8,000 views. The news clip, the actual news clip of the actual words. And then the, the troll has like 30,000 plus views. So. That's pretty crazy. So that's what's going on. I also want to take a minute to acknowledge the passing of a guy who was uh, one of my many mentors at KTSU, Slick Rick Lauderdale. If you are from Houston, if you're familiar with the Blues, Cruz, he was the dude. And he was a part of the architecture of KTSU that still stands today. He helped build that station musically and through really his popularity and support passed away he was a, a great guitarist he toured with male waiters he played with a number of blues legends and, and southern soul legends and he's, he's done he did a, a a fantastic job as a musician and as an on-air personality and just a good good guy and i said this on ktsu and i'll say it here I would not still be a KTSU if not for Slick Rick Lauderdale. And if you're in Houston, you know him, you know what he's done, then uh, you'll get what I'm saying with that. Going to take time out, come back on the other side with some headlines. We still have Reggie Brown coming up from the special teams unit, and we have a You Can't Trust Them segment, a You Can't Trust Them segment. <laughs> That's coming up. And uh, the Award for the big dummy of the episode and a whole lot more. This is Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Anyway, you get your podcast. Your children are the most precious gift God has given you. Their well-being is of the utmost importance and finding childcare that exhibits the same belief is, well, non-negotiable. So why not end your search at Brighter Brains Learning Center? Located in Stafford, Texas, Brighter Brains is a licensed, family-owned and operated daycare that promotes an early educational foundation and provides an environment of love, safety, and quality care for children ages six weeks to five years old. For more information, call 346-328-3717 or visit brighterbrainslearningcenter.org. It's Shelly Wade, and welcome back to Sports Talk with Devin Wade. So being on the radio damn near my whole life, I'm used to some form of criticism. I've been hearing critics 
forever and ever and ever. But this was a whole lot different. And the thing about critics is, okay, I'm cool. I'm straight. It doesn't bother me. And, and most of the people in my inner circle didn't bother. But my sister, Adrian, she was not having it. And she was ready to come in and get on that keyboard and go to war. But she thought better of it. And I'm glad she did. You don't have to defend me. But of course, I talked about coming from South Park. Now, coming from South Park, we played the dozens. We ranked on one another. They called the dozens. Well, you just insult. Children are around each other, and they insult each other comedically. And whoever gets the most laughs or has the best burn or the best insult, you know, you get a rousing celebration because you did that. So anybody, I mean, I do that everywhere. Not just in South Park, but in South Park was next level i would have friends come over i would go over people's houses just so i would have material just for the day the exact day that he thought he was gonna come for me i had comments about his kitchen he had comments about any and everything in my house it was brutal and it was uh it was something it, and i don't know what they would tell kids if they did that today like in school some sort of bullying but you're bullying each other it was crazy we all did it to one another and so insults mean almost nothing to me the only thing that would probably bother me and this hadn't happened to me yet somebody that i really respect not appreciating what i do I can't think of who that is. I don't have a, a person in mind. But if there's somebody I respect and say, oh, Devin Wade is garbage, I would probably have to rethink that. But other than that, just general insults or critiques or criticisms of what I do, it kind of comes with the territory. So I had to talk my sister down because she was ready for it. She had a retort, and I had to let her vent on my behalf <laughs> because she was going to let loose, and he did not want that smoke. But with that, let's talk about some sports on the field, or not quite even on the field. Let's y'all hit you with some headlines. In headlines, there's so many different things that I could start with, and I want to get into the NFL because we had a great slate of games last weekend, and we have an even better weekend, at least on paper, heading into this weekend. And we'll get into all of that. And, of course, Reggie Brown, he and I will talk about that as well. But I wanted to start with HBCU football, with swag football, because I talked about it earlier. We sort of emphasize, have been emphasizing that when possible over the last couple of years on the podcast. And, of course, we talk about it on Saturdays as well uh, among all the other things we talk about on saturdays but every deja vu all over again and i mean bad deja vu uh, is deja vu supposed to be neutral is it supposed to be good or bad it's just the fact that you have deja vu is it's not supposed to be one way or the other but this is bad deja vu ed reed announced i guess ultimately it was just announced by him on twitter that he's going to be the next head coach at bethune cookman of course, Terry Sims, acquaintance of the show. I'll say that. Former coach of Texas Southern. He got fired. Ed Reed comes in, Hall of Famer, and I was fully on board with his hiring. I was excited about this because I said, well, he's not quite DM. He's going to come in. He's going to roll his sleeves up. He's going to get it done. He's going to bring some great talent. He's not going to have the impact on the conference like Dion did, but I think he might stick around a little bit longer. So I was really excited about that. And then he opened his mouth. He went on a couple of rants on, I guess, I don't know, was it TikTok, Instagram, Snapchat, or something. He, he went off. I saw the clips. And so he goes off and he says, the Dion was right. The It's the mentality. He He's just here to help. I'm here to help. I'm trying to save HBCUs from this mentality. 
And I'm paraphrasing very poorly, like I normally do. I normally paraphrase very poorly. But uh, essentially, he was saying things were screwed up there. And he was there to help. And Dion was right. It's about all of the HBCUs. They need to change the mentality. The people that are running them need to change the mentality. This is what he said. Then he came back and was angry and really, really pissed off about some stuff on social media. People coming at him on social media. This was profanity laced. He talked about trash being everywhere. And and he's riding around on a golf cart cleaning up trash. And his office wasn't cleaned up or cleaned out. I mean, he went on and on about this. And he talked about he didn't even, the, the, the contract wasn't even in place yet. Boy, that was pretty bad. So he came back and he apologized about the things that he said. Boy, but you can't unring that bell. And I was extremely disappointed because the comments made no sense on almost any level. And I think if you want to make broad criticisms like that, well, you can't make them broad. Let's get specific. So what he said was Dion was right. So first question, what in the hell did Dion tell you? And how in the hell could Dion comment on all HBCUs? So you're telling me the same things that are going on at Bethune-Cookman are going on at Howard or South Carolina State or Texas Southern or Prairie View. You have no knowledge of HBCU. You're not an HBCU guy. You went to the U. You don't know. I mean, you don't you don't know. And, and even if you did go to a swag school, you don't know how all swag schools operate. You don't know the mentality of every school. It was just a a really, really ignorant statement to just generalize everybody in that way. And then you talk about the school and the mentality. Well, who are you talking about? Because if you're going to say the who are you talking about the president? You're talking about the AD? You're talking about the Board of Regents? Like, who are you talking about? I don't think, again, you can't make those broad statements. And whatever. So you make these broad statements, which you shouldn't have done. But here's why. It was so tremendously detrimental. This is a program you're trying to build up. You're trying to excite recruits, alumni, potential corporate sponsors, forge some corporate relationships, raise money, expand, make this thing better and better and better. You want to excite folks. Well, how are you going to excite folks when you talk about they don't know what the hell they're doing and their mentality is broken? And then you come back and you get into the nuts and bolts of the gear. Oh, the office was not clean. There's trash around that you're picking up. And this is what you do. This is how you start your tenure. And then you announce that you don't even have the contract signed yet. Well, if I'm Reggie Theus, former NBA great, and the current athletic director at Bethune-Cookman, I would never offer a contract. And I would start looking today for somebody different. Because you clearly don't understand the assignment. You clearly don't understand some of the things that are going on, some of the the trials and tribulations you'll have to go through to work for a smaller school. I won't even say a HBCU, but for a very small school. I think they have under 5,000 undergrad at Bethune-Cookman. And I mentioned this before. The stadium holds, their stadium holds a max of 9,500 people. This is not Jackson State at Veterans Memorial with 55,000. It's a smaller school. They have more challenges. They had uh, uh, to deal with uh, hurricane recovery. They had damage from hurricane a hurricane a couple years ago. So that the inherent challenges that come with the gig, it does not help anybody. 
not one person to go public with your criticisms. Whether they're true or whether they're not true, whether there's an explanation or whether there isn't, it does not help your goal. And this thing that you are going to be a savior, swag has been around since the 40s, 1940s. <laughs> so swag's been here. Swag is going to be here. You are not our savior. And so I'm tremendously disappointed. I did not expect this. And it just shows he doesn't understand anything about what he's dealing with. Maybe he's tremendously frustrated. Another reason why you can't go on social media. Because what do you do when your kid, one of your players, goes on social media and says something irresponsible or profanity-laced? What do you do with that? What do you do with that? How do you tell him, no, you can't do that. You shouldn't do that. And you've done it. So it showed a lack of control, a lack of uh, patience, a lack of judgment to get on and cuss and act a fool like that. And I mean, I'm telling you, as a player, I love every, I loved the hire, but I don't think so. I, I think you want somebody that understands the challenges. They're up for the challenges and they're going to roll their sleeves up and get people excited about that program. Your name alone is not going to do it. It'll do it for the introductory press conference, but it's not going to do it if you are not really committed. One thing you can say about Dion, Dion said a lot of stuff after the fact, but while he was there, for the most part, 99% of what you heard was positive, was about building, was about his belief in Jackson State, about his belief in HBCUs. That's what you heard from him. Ed Reed did not do that, and I don't know how you come back from that. And again, I don't hate Ed Reed, so if the troll wants to do that, he can do it. But I didn't say I hate Ed Reed. I just think at this point, I don't know how you can come back from that. How do you get a corporate sponsor to get excited when they can go on Instagram or YouTube or anywhere and see these comments and hear you and hear the anger and frustration in your voice and how you just have really <laughs> destroyed your your university, your institution? It's terrible. It's not a good look, and he should have known better. And the fact that he didn't means, yeah, you, you got to go. I, I wouldn't do it. And, I mean, maybe they can work that out. That's between Bethune-Cookman and Ed Reed and their alumni. I don't know. I don't know what you do with that one, but not a great start for him. So let's shift gears and talk some NFL playoffs. So last weekend wasn't wild card weekend. If you said wild card weekend, you are sadly mistaken. Because it was super wild card weekend. <laughs> I mean, like, what? I mean, what, what, so, it, so let me get this straight. So there's a regular, a regular wild card weekend, and then there's a super wild card weekend. <laughs> NFL is something else. This was a swing and a miss. Yeah, although, ultimately, you don't know what's going to catch on and what's not. Super wild card. I think you've cheapened. The Super Bowl by putting super in front of wild card weekend. Let's scratch that. Raj, I know you're listening. You got to scratch that in the league office. Not, no more super wild card weekend. But it was a really entertaining weekend of football. And I thought what made it interesting were division matchups. Because for the first half, Seattle was in the game with San Francisco before San Francisco blew them out in the second half. You look at Cincinnati and Baltimore without Lamar Jackson, you're like, okay, hey, that's a wrap. Uh, that's going to be a blowout. It wasn't. And really without an ill-thought-out uh, goal line play, 
trying to dive over the top and a 98-yard fumble recovery for a touchdown. Cincinnati could have been going home. Could have happened. It was really an entertaining game. Then you look at Miami and Buffalo, and we'll talk a lot about that one with Reggie Brown. And I'll tell you what, man, they gave them all of the business and came up short because they couldn't get to the line on fourth and one. But uh, nonetheless, you didn't anticipate that being a close game at all. And it really sort of sets the stage for intrigue in the second round in the divisional round or the super divisional round of the playoffs as Cincinnati goes to Buffalo. There are many storylines, including the fact that the last time these, these two teams played, DeMar Hamlin's injury happened and the game came to a halt just a few weeks ago. So... Yeah, there's a lot there. It looked like Cincinnati was rolling, but now they go to Buffalo. This is going to be interesting. I don't know who to take. I would, man, this is going to be tough. On the surface, you say Buffalo and and Josh Allen, they're going to get it done at home. I'm not so sure. Cincinnati, they have that swagger. I don't know. Uh, Maybe, uh, who who do I pick? Do I give you my picks now? Do I wait to the end? No, I'll tell you what I'll do. I will pick, I'm going to take Cincinnati. I did not think I would be saying this. But Josh Allen was responsible for three turnovers last week. He's a turnover machine (laughs) in a lot of ways in the latter part of the season. I don't know, man. This is going to be tough. I'm going to take Cincinnati. I'm going to take Cincinnati in that. In the other matchup, I'm scared for Kansas City. I, I went to NRG to watch them play against the Texans, and that defense is not a Super Bowl caliber defense. Now, Mahomes is a magician. And this upstart Jacksonville team with five turnovers in the first half came back and defeated the Chargers, the homeless, (laughs) the unhoused Chargers. Yeah, of course, they're in Los Angeles, but L.A. don't care about them like that. And they didn't love them enough in San Diego to build a stadium for them. So they are the unhoused, even though they, of course, play in SoFi Stadium. So they're good like that. But... Yeah, don't know why that team never wins. You fired Anthony Lynn, and it just, no matter who you bring in there, they always seem to do the same thing. I don't know, because I like that team on paper, the Chargers. But no, Jacksonville got it done, and this team could give Kansas City uh, some fits. And, you know, sometimes Mahomes and Kansas City play down to the competition, at least in the regular season. Let's hope that doesn't happen and uh, we'll have a neutral site game for the AFC Championship, which, again, that's a different conversation. But I'm going to go with Kansas City, but I'm kind of afraid of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Let's go to another matchup in the NFC, the Dallas Cowboys. They end, they sort of just shattered the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' whole franchise right now. They've released six or seven coaches, Byron Lethbridge is out. All the other coaches are gone except for Todd Bowles. He'll hold on to his job. Dak looked as good as he's ever looked. And it just looked like Tampa Bay did not know what they were doing on defense. On the offensive side, Brady, you can't throw the ball 60-plus times. Like you, you just you can't do that and allow people to just tee off on you and just pin their ears back and come after you time after time after time. I just think that that was a, a, a bad offensive game plan. You had to be able to run the football. I thought the interception in the end zone by Tom Brady, I thought he was trying to throw that ball away. And it went into the hands of a Cowboy. So Cowboy fans are feeling good about themselves, but they have to go to San Francisco and deal with the 49ers. 
I can't see Dallas coming out of that one. I just not not even a little bit. They just built different. You talk about San Francisco, that's just a different team. I don't know that Dallas can I don't know, man. It's you know, it's such a this week kind of game. This week you have to feel great about every aspect of the Cowboys except the PAT. Brett Mayher missed four extra points. What a terrible outing. Do you cut him? I guess you had to cut him, but they didn't. They brought in a kicker for the practice squad. And news alert, he hit six field goals, consecutive field goals in practice. I don't know. Mayher did, so I don't know what that means. But there's that. I don't know. I guess you got to stick with the horse that you rode in there with or whatever. Would it stick with the one that you danced with, the one you brought you, whatever whatever the, the phrase is that I can't get corrected this time of night. But I will tell you this. Um, yeah, I don't see the Cowboys coming out of this one. In the other game, the New York Giants, another divisional matchup going to Philadelphia. And while you don't think the Giants have a chance, they do. It's a division game. I mean, they this will be their third time playing this year. We don't know the extent of Jalen Hurts' injury. We know he'll play. But is the playbook shrunk down? Will he run as often as he has that has been effective for that team? We don't know. Do they want to chance it, get him out and expose him to being hit on run plays? I mean, I know he played, but will he be accurate in the face of a lot of pressure? Will Saquon Barkley get out? I mean, I'm, I'm going to go with the Eagles, man, but we, these divisional games can go a lot of different ways. So we'll have to see. Give me your thoughts on that, 832 832- 941-6614-832-941-6614. More NFL on the way. We'll get to that on the other side. First a word from my sponsors and our resident DJ, DJ Anarchy on the mix. This is the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Anywhere you get your podcast. Sports Talk with Devin Wade wants to thank our sponsor, Kofi Bankus and CoBank Homes. The vision at CoBank Homes is simple. And it stems from the belief that clients can trust CoBank to guide them to realize one of, if not the single largest investment decision they will ever make, their home. CoBank simply looks to build lifelong relationships through service. They do this by using faith, knowledge, and technology to guide clients through the process of achieving their real estate goals. Be it buying, selling, or investing in real estate, contact Kofi at 832 757 DJ DJ Anarchy. Check him out on SoundCloud, on Instagram, or around the city of Houston as he does his thing. And like I always like to say, 
it's a vibe. It's his thing, man. They they have it going on. And a little international flavor, what he just did there. Like that. Like that a whole lot. And if you have music, want to remind you guys, you can email me, music at wadeswordproductions.com. Music at wadeswordproductions.com. If you're a fledgling artist, if you know somebody, if you have a, if you're a DJ, if you're an artist, genre doesn't matter. Anything you play, uh, we'll play a snippet at the halfway point and an entire track at the end of an episode. So hit me up, hit us up, music at wadeswordproductions.com. You might just end up on the very next podcast. We've had all sorts of music. It's been a whole lot of fun. I look forward to having more music come my way. So send it my way and we'll get it on. You know, I talked about Ed Reed airing Dirty Laundry. And I did not intend this, but I opened it with Prince Harry with his book Spare. I don't understand how do you fix what's going on in the house by telling everybody your business. I don't know. Maybe just the way I grew up. You just Whatever happens in the house stays in the house. It's not going to help the house for you to tell Junebug and Kiki and all of them. Ed Reed is not going to help you make money or get recruits at Bethune-Cookman by airing the dirty laundry of Bethune-Cookman. So that being said, I want to shift gears and hear a conversation from our guy, Reggie Brown, from the Special Teams Unit. If you aren't familiar with the Special Teams Unit, it's our collection of folks that we have frequently, or sometimes infrequently, uh, as sort of our folks, our go-to folks to give us perspective on a specific sport or a specific area. He's one of those guys, former NFL player, former Alabama State standout. He is SWAC, and he's an Alabama State Hall of Famer. I want to get his take. Oh, he's a just a avid, dedicated, loyal, fanatic in every sense of the word when it comes to the Miami Dolphins. So here's our conversation with Reggie Brown. It's all good, man. Happy New Year's. Happy 2023 to you. And I'm ready to get going and glad to be back on the special teams, bro. Well, like I said, it's a lot to talk about. And when we last had you on, man, things were looking way, way, way up for your Miami Dolphins. And then things took a dramatic slide. I will say this. You have to be proud of the way the team performed at Buffalo uh, this past weekend on Wild Card Weekend. Fell short. The season just kind of derailed. And it all pretty much coincided with all the injuries to Tua Tungavailoa. Sort of a Wrap up your Miami Dolphins season for us. Man, it was a bipolar year. You know, it was up, it was down, it was up, it was down. It was five wins, three losses, three wins, three losses. But overall, you make it into the playoffs, something that you hadn't done in many, many years. And now you get Tua, who has proven himself to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. You get Mike McDaniels, another year under his belt as a head coach. From the injury bug, you know, all over the field. It wasn't just Tua. You think about the fact that our entire defensive backfield was gone. You lost. You had used 15 different offensive linemen during the course of the year. So, with all those injuries, but then you make it to the playoffs and you go toe-to-toe with Buffalo with the third-string quarterback and you just fall short. Now, clearly close only count and slow dancing and hand grenades. So, uh, <laughs> you know, coming close don't count. 
the loss is what counts. But overall, I had a great time following the Dolphins this year. Well, a couple of things I, I want to ask you about the Dolphins. First of all, time management, clock management down the stretch, not getting to the line yeah. on that fourth and one. Yeah. Well, to me, and again, I don't. You probably know more about it than I do it by now. But it seemed that they were having some communication issues. Was that a coach issue or a, a sort of a malfunction? Of, I mean, because it, it seemed like they just could not get the play in on the biggest play of the game. Well, apparently, from all accounts, somebody in the booth said they had the first down. And so they were going with the fact that they had the first down and, you know, you get a certain personnel in the game and all of that. And then they don't have the first down and they mark them short. And they were asking for a measurement and didn't get it. So now you got to rush to get the play in and it just unwrapped. It was painful to watch that man it just can't happen i don't care what the excuse is but the bigger issue is with the dolphins is the other two timeouts you use because you couldn't get the play in right so that's something that we clearly got to get fixed so do you have confidence that Tua Tungavailo can can be a healthy functioning quarterback in the NFL because a lot of people have a lot of skepticism about his future and his ability to stay healthy and withstand the, the physical rigors of the NFL, especially when you start having these headshots like this and these concussions. What are your, your thoughts on that entire situation? Well, it's just, I look at it from uh, so many different ways. You, you, you talk about the fact that there was one player this year who had six concussions during this year. And you look at T. Higgins, who got hurt during the game and came back the next week. And I say all of that to say that Tua Tagovailoa is the poster boy for concussions. And so when he gets the concussion, you know, everybody's going to look and say, do you remember if this happened? And, you know, can he stay healthy? And even when the doctors clear him, people say he shouldn't have been cleared. Uh, to me, there's no question if he's an NFL-ready quarterback. I mean, he's uh, ranked in the top five in almost every statistical category, even after missing six games this year. And so there's no question he's an NFL quarterback. The only issue with him is can he stay on the field? Right. And, yeah, because I, I think really this is a – breakthrough year at least nationally where people started to really believe okay he's the guy and then right on the heels of that that really good run early in the year you have the the concussion that was or maybe not concussion that seemed to be uh, misdiagnosed or not diagnosed and then sort of things sort of took a tailspin after that but I think he did enough on the field to really impress a lot of people and I thought for a large portion of the, the early season uh, he I mean, and the Miami Dolphins were really considered real contenders. I mean, if you look at the Dolphins as a whole and certainly as a quarterback, he played well. And uh, when Tua was in the game, we had a chance. Uh, uh, quite frankly, Tua played in 12 games this year, 13 games, I'm sorry. He had two bad games. Certainly the Green Bay game was disappointing, but then you find out and that game is where he got the concussion. Right, so, okay. right. Yeah, he played bad, but you would say it was due in part to the concussion that they realized he had a concussion after the game. So, can he play in the NFL and be a dominant quarterback? I think he's proven he can. The issue is, can he stay upright? And then you look at it from a, a team perspective. Last year, the Dolphins' offense was number 31 in the league. Uh, offensive line was number 31 in the league. 
And this year, our offensive line is number 30 in the league. So clearly we got some work to do on the offensive line again. Yeah, well, like I said, it, it was an interesting run for you guys. But a number of other things, and we're going to get back to the NFL. But you are swag. And Here I we want, go again. Yeah, I want to get, get your take on Ed Reed. Ed Reed comes out. He's the – the announced coach, although there's not been a formal press conference, but it's announced that he he will be the next head coach for Bethune Cookman. He's already kind of on the job doing some things. He comes out on social media and he rips the school. He rips HBCUs. He did it a couple different times. One was profanity laced, and then he came back and sort of apologized and cleaned some of that up. But what are your thoughts on Ed Reed's uh, sort of analysis after a week and a half of all HBCUs, not the least of which is Bethune-Cookman? What's your take? Well, when I was growing up, I used, they used to have this song on TV. You take the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and there you have the facts of life. And uh, this is what it is when you get guys like Ed Reed and Deion Sanders and some of these characters who are going to bring so much attention to the conference. But the flip side of that, you know, how long are they going to stay? What are their opinions of the swag? You know, do they value the prestige in the history and the struggles and the triumphs of the swag? And so, it's tough because you want to see a guy like Ed Reed, who, again, I think can bring, you know, so much to the swag. But, man, when you come in like that, boy, it's tough. It's interesting that the contract hasn't been signed. And, you know, I wonder what is the president and the athletic director, what are they saying in their text messages right now? Yeah, well, and the thing is, if you rip the school publicly, I mean, there are layers to this, and I talked about it a little bit earlier, but there are layers to this. But, you know, if you rip the school earlier, how are you going to come back and ask corporate America and alumni and all of these people to get excited about a program that you just you just trashed? You trashed the program, and now you got to try to build confidence and pride in this team and in the, the university. Like, I, I don't he, – he really shot himself in the foot. It really – almost fatally from a standpoint of I would not probably hire Ed Reed at this point. I probably would go uh, in the direction of somebody that was really hungry to take on the challenges that come with a program like Bethune Cookman. What, what do you think? I mean, would you, would well, you keep yeah. him or what, what would you, what would you do? Well, I, 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 I want to say this and then I'll tell you what I would do. There is something to be said about truth. And if you get down to it, how much truth do you think that Ed Reed said? And I'm asking you that question. I want to hear um, your answer. I, I would imagine that they, the, some of the stuff, and, and again, without getting too deep into the details, as I recall, uh, I do believe that things weren't handled in a way that, uh, that met his expectations. And probably some small things were, the ball was dropped on some small things. But I also think he didn't do his research. You Look, Jackson, look, Bethune is not Jackson State. That's a very small school. So, yes, you know, it's not the same. And even that stadium, I think, only holds 9,500. So it's not, right. this ain't Jackson. And I think you got to do your homework. And, right. and this, this shows that this he it's a disconnect. You, this shows that okay, you're not a you're not a swag guy, you're not an HBCU guy because you're right. not remotely familiar with the challenges that come with school. That's where I was going with it. That's why. That's exactly where I was going with it. You ain't swag, 
and you haven't taken the time to find out what SWAC is or MIAC is at Bethune Cookman. And so you have this idea, you don't do your research, and then when you get there, it's not the University of Miami and you lose your damn mind. You know what yeah, I mean? Right, 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 right. Because, <laughs> so, again, it, I'm sure that uh, at every turn, their budget issues, they, they recover from what Hurricane Ivan, Ivan or Ian, one of the hur big hurricanes down there. So they have challenges, and you have to roll look, up your man, You live in Miami. You right down the street, Daytona ain't but a few hours from Miami. You know, you know, come on, man. He he, he got to do better. <laughs> right, right. So, but you would keep him as a coach, you think? No, no, no. As much as I think guys like him can support the swag, you got to find somebody with some sense. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, you want somebody that's proud and, and, and up to the challenge. Yeah, this thing where he's, oh, I'm here to save y'all. You don't know, man. We don't want to be saved, bro. <laughs> and some tact. And some tact. Right. Some, you, you know, as much as we hate it, there's something to be said about a politician, too. Right, you know what I mean? right. To 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 navigate those sorts of things, and, and, yeah. and you know the thing is, and another part of this that really irked me is that you said hey, all HBCUs. No, the, what what are you talking about? Like, right. and if you're talking about somebody specific, maybe you need to name names. Other than that, say oh the mentality, the mentality of who? Your athletic director who was not a swag guy. That's Reggie Thea's former NBA player. So right. the, he, not, I mean, so who with his mentality? What what are you talking about? And so clearly you have been to Alabama State and know the mentality of the people around Alabama State because you wouldn't be making those type of comments. Also, he threw Dion under the bus. He was like, Dion was right. <laughs> so what did Dion tell you? Because you know they talked. So... And, and, and by the way, I, I don't know. <laughs> I missed that. That is huge. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, Dion, what did Dion say? You, what are we doing here? And, right. So I got to be careful what I say about Dion because apparently some troll on the internet has done an eight-minute video about how I hate Dion Sanders. It, it, it's crazy, man. Well, did you see that? Yes, I got a chance to see it. And, uh... <laughs> One, I was dying laughing at the inaccuracies of what he said. Uh, but apparently you somebody who got a troll and you that that troll had almost forty thousand um views. So apparently you are somebody. <laughs> apparently. I didn't know it was like this. I guess I gotta you know, you you have to you know, I'm used to some criticism, but this was random. This came out of nowhere and somebody sent that to me and I'm like and now this dude has 30,000 plus views. What are, what are we really doing here? So that has been wild. And, and after he hears what I have to say about Ed Reed, he really will probably do another video. <laughs> well, he got you, He got 30,000 views for one reason, because you are swag. <laughs> That's, <There> you <laughs> That's it, man. Well, let's get into the NFL playoffs, man. It was really an entertaining weekend. And what I thought struck me is that these division games these you know these playoff games with division rivals really made things interesting you would think that Cincinnati would have blown Baltimore away especially without Lamar Jackson that didn't happen you look at a situation where the Dolphins with a third string quarterback gave it a good run and, and put quite a scare into Baltimore and, and for the first half at least Seattle played really well 
against San Francisco, a team that a lot of people think is going to the Super Bowl. What do you think of Super Wild Card Weekend? Well, it, it you know them, right? And when you play a team two times in the regular season, you think about the Dolphins, the Dolphins and Buffalo, the point differential was, uh, for those three games was only four points because they know each other. And the same thing with San Francisco and Seattle and the same thing with Baltimore and Cincinnati. You know, they, the coaches know them, the players know them. And so you're going to get those types of games. It, it was wild, man. The ups and downs. I can just tell you that Dolphins game was a roller coaster, man. I don't know. My blood pressure, man. Uh, you know, I got to get on the pill behind that game. It's just <laughs> a pressure with the ups and downs. But it was like that. I mean, you look at the Chargers and uh, Jacksonville. Yeah. Jacksonville. The same thing, man. It was just super, super crazy. And this has been a good and crazy football season. And I can't wait to see what happens going down the stretch. Well, the good thing about the Miami game with Buffalo, you went in with almost no expectations. So to have it that close, it had to be uh, tremendously exciting because, you know, going into that thing with Baltimore as well, you know, like, like hey, hey, man, no Lamar, no chance. And it did not turn out that way. And then you talk about the collapse by the Los Angeles Chargers, 27-point lead, and Brandon Staley keeps his job, at least for now. It looks like he's safe. They did fire Joe Lombardi, the offensive coordinator. Not quite the 32-point comeback, but a 27-point comeback. And what, did, what were your takeaways from that situation and that debacle with five turnovers in the first half by Jacksonville, and they come back and win? Well, number one, you had to throw in not quite the 32 comeback, so you had to throw that in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had to throw that in. But secondly, you know, it's playoff football, man, and anything can happen. And I thought that Jacksonville just stayed with it, you know. They just stayed with it, and you get seven, and then you get 14. And I was, I was expecting sooner or later that Justin Herbert would make a play to – put San Diego over the top and that just never happened and you know next thing you know here comes the field goal and San Diego is going home man but again it makes a great drama great TV great NFL well along those lines we got to bring you back for the first time in 23 uh, 2023 with your segment you can't trust it. you can't trust it. he simply can't be trusted can't trust there's it. no way you can can't trust, trust him in this segment, we give Reggie a player team, an entity, and he'll tell us if he can trust them or you can't trust them. So with that, let's get this thing started. Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys. Man, Dak looked incredible the other night. He just, I don't know what was going on with Tampa Bay's defense. They were not there. Tom Brady First of all, you can't throw sixty times in a game. I don't. I don't. You just, nobody can do that. That's that's not. It's not seven on seven. Uh, but with Dak playing the way he did, now they take that show on the road to San Francisco. Can you trust them? Or you can't trust them. You can't trust them. <laughs> because because it's exactly what you just said. Last week, this playoff week, he looked amazing. And then the week before that, they was ready to get rid of him. So I don't know how you can trust a guy like that. The only thing I will say is 
that defense may save them. But you can't trust that. that. <laughs> well, and I tell you, you can't uh, trust uh, Brett Maher as well. The kicker oh, who missed no, four no. extra points. So I didn't no. even mention his name because we definitely can't trust him. But um, man, I mean, isn't that crazy though? I mean, how does that happen? And you and just just thought out this stuff for sure. This is gonna come back to haunt him. I think that interception in the end zone by Brady. Away. They could have taken the lead, actually. I thought yeah. he was trying to throw that ball away. Instead, <laughs> he's, instead somebody came up with it. He was really trying to throw that ball away, if you look at it. And, and that didn't happen. And I thought, man, these missed field goals, they, they were just like manna from heaven. I just like, oh, I cannot wait for the Cowboys to lose because of four missed extra points. But it was never a game. But didn't you just seem like he missed the first one? And you're like, all right. And then you miss the second one, and then you're like, okay. And then the third was like, he can't miss this one now. He, there's no way. I was and surprised the they kept going for it. I mean, kept, kept, yeah, I mean, why not just go go for two? I mean, if, if you miss two, just go ahead and go for two. You had room. Like, why do you keep putting him in that situation at that at a certain point? And then today they bring in a practice squad guy. So <laughs> Yeah, that, that's going to come back to haunt him. So, next up in You Can't Trust Him, let's talk about Daniel Jones, Danny Dimes, and all the other nicknames he has because he plays in New York. Great game against Minnesota. Is that because it's a Minnesota as your opponent? Is it a Minnesota thing? Or is he playing, going to play some really good playoff football as he heads into Philadelphia to take on division rival, the Philadelphia Eagles? Can you trust Daniel Jones or you can't trust him? You can trust him. Trust me. Yeah. And, and I say you can trust him. But the question is, can you trust the the offensive coordinator to run Saquon Barkley and keep Daniel Jones in good situations. That Philly defense is dominant. That offense is dominant. Can you trust Daniel Jones to win the game for you? No. Can you trust him to make plays and stay out the way and let Saquon be Saquon and run the ball, running the game? Yes. Uh, but it's really going to come down to how the – offensive coordinator kind of designs the game plan. All right. Well, we talked about one quarterback in the matchup in the divisional round with Dak Prescott. Let's talk about the guy he'll be facing, Mr. Irrelevant, Brock Purdy. Man, he's been rolling. And, you know, conventional wisdom says this can't keep going. This is not going to be like this. Eventually, he's going to look the part of a rookie who was the last draft pick in the NFL draft. Going into this game versus this hot, red-hot Dallas defense, can you trust back Brock Purdy or you can't trust him? Man, it's crazy I'm saying you can trust Daniel Jones, and yes, you can trust Brock Purdy. Trust and it's crazy that I'm saying you can trust these two youngsters and then on the same voice I'm saying you can't trust Zach but <laughs> th that's crazy right but the bigger issue I think is I trust Kyle Shanahan to keep Purdy in good situations and I trust that defense to make plays and keep them close and I trust Debo Samuels and I trust Christian McCaffrey so 
I suspect that they will keep him in situations where not too much is put on his plate and he can just continue to do the things he's been doing. Well, hey, it's going to be an interesting weekend of playoff football. And, man, uh, the good thing about it is we got great matchups. The bad thing is what we have, what, three more weekends of football. <laughs> but then again, we have the XFL, so there's that. <laughs> so let me ask you this. I'm not going to let you off the hook that easy. Do you trust Dak? Nope. <laughs> 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 no, nah, I can't. I, you just – and especially the way he started – Look, this is not going to be Tampa Bay that he's dealing with. He's going to be dealing with some for real, you know, yes. I, I mean, on, on all levels. that The front, yeah. the you know, those linebackers and on the back end. I mean, he just – it's going to be a, a tough afternoon. Can Do I believe Dallas is the kind of team that can gut out a win like that on the road? I just don't think so. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. And like I said, Brock Purdy, you don't have to – totally trust Brock Purdy. You just have to trust that he won't throw four interceptions in the first half. You just have to trust that, you know, he won't blow the game for you. So in that respect, yeah, I I trust him not to blow the game. I don't know what to expect out of the Giants in Philadelphia, especially because you just don't know how truly healthy Jalen Hurts is. Uh, you hear things. I mean, he played, obviously, but is every play in the playbook – have you had to stream that playbook down? So, you know, because he can't do certain things or you don't want him to run as much. So I think that's going to be a huge vary. But what do you think about Jalen Hurts and, and sort of his health situation? Yeah, I think that that coaching staff over there, they got enough playmakers and he's a dog. I don't think his health is going to be an issue. Everybody's heard at this time of the year and, you know, you're talking about being two games away from the Super Bowl. I think he'll be able to gut it out. I think he's a tough guy. I think he's been through adversity before in his life and he'll figure it out. Uh, the thing that you said about the Dallas Cowboys, though, was interesting to me. That San Francisco team, those are some dogs. Dallas just seems like too much of a finesse team. And that was the issue when Miami played San Francisco. If you look at the talent on the field in that game, you know, you could say the Dolphins were just as good as them. But when you look at the style of football that they play in San Francisco, it, it, it is different, man. And I'm wondering if Dallas is going to be able to match that physicality and the way they play football. I mean, that's a great point. And I think you're exactly right. You don't think of, because I think of the, the history of the 49ers in the West Coast offense, you don't think of them as a Tennessee Titans kind of, you know, playoff football or, or some of the other teams that have success because they just play great defense and can run the ball. You don't think about them as a bruising team. And I think it has more to do with their history with, you know, Bill Walsh and the West Coast offense as opposed to what this team is now, which is a ferocious defensive team. So, yeah, it, it's a weird thing for those of us who've been around for a while to see them being the bruisers from Jerry Rice and, and Roger Craig and Joe Montana on back. This was a finesse sort of team, you know? Yeah. And just the playmakers they have, you kind of look at Christian McCaffrey and say he's a finesse guy, but in that offense – you know, he running between the tackles. I mean, he's being tough. You know, I, I just like what they do over there. Yeah, and, and I meant to let, get you out of here, but I will ask you about Lovey Smith. I mean, obviously I did a, a brief cast about it. 
and that whole debacle about what's going on over there on Kirby. What are your thoughts on Lovey being let go after one year? Man, I'm going to do what Ed Reed didn't do, and I'm not going to say what I want to say. But see, this is what I said. This is what I said, Reggie. You see, so you've heard of the United Negro College Fund, right? Yes, sir. UNCF or whatever, right? So I said the Texans, they've had three older black head football coaches in a row. And so what they are are the United Negro Retired Head Coaches Fund. You know what I mean? Because, look, Lovey walking out of the door with about $20 million. We know that or, – or more. We know that Cully left out of there with $22 million. And the last eight games of his last season, Romeo Cornell went from being the assistant to the head coach. So that was a little bit of a bump in pay. So, you know, hey, the brothers are leaving with checks. Yeah, it, <laughs> I'm trying to restrain myself, man. Yeah, so, um, yeah, we know what it is. I mean, yeah, we, yeah. we we don't have to say it, but we know what it is. And uh, it, it's just that they didn't act in good faith, I don't think, by uh, really supporting these guys to be successful. And that's unfortunate, especially when you have a guy like Lovey Smith who took Rex Grossman to the Super Bowl. I keep saying it over and over again because you can't hardly believe it. He took Rex Grossman to the Super Bowl. It's wild. Well, you know what? I, I'm, I'm just going to say it. I, 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 I've tried not to, and now <laughs> I just got to. You know, it's sad that the Rooney rule is intended to level the playing field. But this proves that people have to change their hearts and minds. You can't legislate morality. And when you just get these three, as you just correctly stated, black coaches to come in to just hold it down until you get to the point where now you're going to draft your quarterback. Now you got all these draft picks. Now you got all this money to go and build an organization, then you now you're going to do something different. And I wish they make me wrong and, and prove me wrong and go get another brother, but unfortunately... Well, you know, here's what I, I thought about it is, this shows the lack of foresight on them. If you think that this team is going to be bad and you had no reason to believe that they would be anything but bad, maybe you didn't think they would be the worst team in the NFL where you'd be vying for the number one pick. But you had to know that at some point, unless they really thought Davis Mills was the franchise quarterback, which I don't think they did, right. but you knew you were going to be in the market for a first-round quarterback. And that being the case, what are well, all of these organizations are going to bring in guys that are like quarterback whisperers. So everybody's looking for the next McDaniel or the next Sean McVay, or the next Sean Payton, the, a guy that can really work. So, like, you hired a defensive-minded coach, and you knew he was not going to stick around and be the guy to to sort of cultivate and bring exactly. up. That's my point. Yeah. That's my point. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. either you just had a, a, a total lack of vision. It almost is like there's nothing he could have done. Period. Yeah. That's my point. Yeah, yeah, and that's what's that's what's disappointing. On the bright side, and I made a joke of it, but on the bright side, these guys do leave with twenty must. <laughs> you know what I mean? So <laughs> they leaving with twenty million dollars. That's that, you know. So if you gotta go, and like, and I don't put Rom Romeo Cornell in the same situation because he was at the end of his career, seventy five years old or whatever, seventy three. And so he was about done. He was ready to retire anyway. He had already like kind of stepped the stepped away for a minute and came back as an advisor. So it wasn't like he wasn't 
looking to continue, I don't think, a, a whole lot. I think he was done, although he probably would have taken the job if offered. But Cully, Cully was kind of an embarrassment for the organization. When you talk about a guy who total embarrassment, yeah. Oh, well, I mean, he he was a good guy, but it was it was a, an embarrassing situation to bring in a guy old. It was a pawn. It was just a pawn, you right? Know? And right. What was he gonna say? No. Right. Of course. And, and again, he was at the end of his career, and so I'm I'm thrilled for him, a lifelong NFL guy who never probably had aspirations on being a head coach, and if he did, that passed him by a long, long time ago. But for him to get that kind of deal at the end of his career to walk off into the sunset, I was really happy for him. He ain't complaining. <laughs> he took that money and got out of there. You know. And, well, it's, it's what they say: it's better to love and lost than to never have loved at all. I guess. That's it. Well, hey, man, there's so much to get into, and we look forward to talking to you on a more frequent basis in 2023, man. I really enjoyed it, and uh, we look forward to visiting with you next time. Hey, love the special teams. Put me in, coach. (laughs) To have your comments heard, call 832-941-6614. Want to thank Reg, as always. Hopefully you enjoyed that conversation. We always enjoy having him, but... With that, it's time for the Lamont Award. I don't want to wish you no bad luck, but I hope your ship sinks. With no lifeboats and no life preservers and a school of piranhas surrounding you, you big dummy. The Lamont Award goes to the player, team, entity, someone in or around the world of sports we deem to be the big dummy of the episode. Well, this time out, you know this is after the DeMar Hamlin injury. And we remember how tragic it was and how horrifying it was on the field. Now, his recovery has been nothing short of miraculous, and we pray that he continues to get better. And one of the reasons why he's still alive and he's still doing his thing is because of the rapid response of the emergency crew there, the first responders at the stadium in Cincinnati that revived him and got him to the hospital, took good care of him, the training staff. Man, these guys are real heroes for responding and doing their jobs in the way that they train to do it and and really keeping this young man alive. So we're in the backdrop of that, right? So we celebrate those folks. Not only are we praying for him, we celebrate the folks that saved his life. And so everybody's been paying particular attention to the trainers, except this one young man, Jaquavion Jaquise Quay Walker. Now, he is an inside linebacker for the Green Bay Packers. And Quay Walker is a really nice player, but he's had a couple of bonehead decisions, but nothing bonier than what he did in the season finale versus Detroit when Lions running back Jamal Williams went down with an injury. And as normal, what happens is the training staff rushes onto the field to see about Jamal Williams. And so in that process, they sort of nudged, or maybe not even nudged, but they sort of worked their way in so they could see about Jamal Williams. What does Quay Walker do? He pushes the trainers. He actually put his hands on the trainers. And he was fined heavily for that. He apologized and said it was just a dumb rookie mistake. It's not a rookie mistake. That's a character flaw. But I won't hold it too much against him because he's 22. And as we all know, 22 is stupid. And so I don't care. It manifests itself in a lot of ways. But 22 is stupid. I've been there. I've been stupid. So, uh, yeah, he did that. 
So in the background of everything that went on, and I'm certain that he was familiar with the, the situation and the heroism of the training staff, he pushed the damn trainer. <laughs> like, how do you have beef with the medic? You know, how do you have beef with the doctors coming onto the field? I don't understand it. I don't think you can explain it. It's certainly not a rookie mistake, but it does do one thing for you, Quay Walker. It makes you a big dummy. You big dummy. <laughs> <laughs> Man, there was a group back in the 90s called Basic Black. And their biggest song was Special Kind of Fool. Now, they weren't talking about Quay Walker, but I don't know. The title might apply here. I'm not just saying. So I hope the young man matures and work on whatever his issues are with medics. Because you can't do that. These are the heroes. And one day they may be attending to you and making sure you stay alive in a crucial situation. Let's hope it never comes to that. But, you, you know, these people are here to help. Let's make it easy for them. Let's not push them. Let's make it safe for them. But with that, before I let go. Before I let go. Before I let go, hey, want to thank you guys for the first time in 2023 for a full episode. Hey, give us a call. 832-941-6614. 832-941-6614. Want to thank Reggie Brown, DJ Anarchy, Brighter Brains, Cobank Holmes. Want to thank all of them. Want to thank all the folks who go to the Facebook page, the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page. Want to thank all the folks who tweet me. Tweet me at Wade's Word. And if you can't remember any of those things, Please remember these four things. Number one, I don't do no favors after six o'clock in the evening. Two, I ain't got no money. Three, I'm not harboring any fugitives from justice. And four, bye. This has been the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Remember, you can follow him on Twitter at Wade's Word. Thank you for listening. <laughs>